<laughs> intro song is fucking incredible, Ragnar. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Hello and welcome to an extra special episode of Calling Monroe. Uh, I'm joined in Iceland by our little big G, Gudjon. Do you want to say hello to the people? Hey, hello. How are you feeling? Um, perfect. You know that our conversation isn't currently private. What? There's a there's a tiny little boy in the studio here with me. His name is uh, Olaver. Do you want to say hi to the people? Hello, people. Oh. He is a bona fide father. I am. He's a literal father. What? I have a son. He owns a human male. I do not. <laughs> uh, no, you wouldn't say that you own him? He, he, I wouldn't say that I own him, no. He owns himself. He is a, an independent little man. Oh. Even though he's only seven months. Oh. What is the most insane shit he has done? You know, I'm really happy to say that he hasn't really done anything insane yet. <laughs> There's nothing where you're like, holy shit. Yes, he never shat so much that you're like, oh God, this is too much. This actually brings up a good memory. So there's a really weird thing that happens just after they're born. So my wife, the hero, uh, took her about eight hours to give birth. And when the baby is about one day old or something, they will have their first bowel movement. Mm. And it is the most horrifying thing you will ever see. <laughs> and it does not look like... So if, if there hadn't been a doctor to tell me that everything was fine, I would have been scared. I would have been scared shitless. As he was. Speaking of doctors, why don't we call Monroe to get his, uh, his, his views on this story? I need to speak to him. Yeah, you do need to speak to him. Okay, let's, uh, let's call Monroe real quick. What's up, folks? Hey, 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 Monroe, do you know who's here? No. Uh, a little man that you it's met me. once. It's oh me. yeah, it's, it's Gudjon. It's Gudjon. You're good. Gudjon, of course. <laughs> How's it going, Gudjon? I'm good. Uh, besides, besides our best friend in the world, Gudjon, there's another little man here who's been itching to say hello to you. Hi, Monroe. Ole. Mm. How did you know it was me? Oh, well, because <laughs> I spent a year in Iceland. It's true. <laughs> we <laughs> we know each other. We do. <laughs> was Ole on I, your list of ten people that you were going to keep in touch with in your life? Uh, he was like ten it's, and a half. It was ah, a close call. Okay, <laughs> you were know. on my top ten list, though. I'll just, I'll just say that. So, so you know only you don't know me. Yeah, that's true. In fact, I would, would I would say I don't know who I know better because I don't, I didn't, know, I didn't actually spend that much time with you, Oli, did I? But I don't, so I don't know who I know better at this stage. Oli didn't even know your name. He called you Moran for an entire day. I yeah, that <laughs> is true. I, I forgot was, that. It was more than a day, Ragnar, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. I already said I was sorry about that. I just didn't, just didn't know Monroe was a name. It is a last name. It's just not a first name. So you have a last yeah. name for first name and then just like a sneeze for a last name. Uh, well, little first little anecdote of the show, which my, my parents can fact check, is they planned they thought i was going to be a girl 
And so they were going to call me Sarah Ann Moffat. And then my initials would be Sam, which is like this cute little thing. Okay. And then I think I just came out a boy and they panicked. And then I got three last names. <laughs> Wait, how did they not know? I'm, I'm not sure. How did Maybe, they expect so is, a girl? How do you, it's 50-50. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. This is a story I've been telling a lot of people, and I've never—I don't remember the last time I actually spoke to my parents about it. So maybe they'll hear it on the podcast and say, "Actually, Monroe, that's that's bullshit." Oh, no. Wait, but you're a doctor. How? When they like look at the ultrasound nowadays, I assume not 50 years ago when you were born, this wouldn't have been that accurate. But nowadays, when they look at it, is it like 100 percent, pretty much, or does it depend on so, how yeah. big their dick is? And we just saw his dick. <laughs> He had a dick. It was very easy. It was 13 weeks and we just saw he had a dick. It was hanging out of, hanging out of your wife. It was extremely clear. It was extremely clear. It was obvious. You're a father dick. now, aren't you, Ole? Yeah, so we, we called you, Monroe, actually, for, uh, for a reason. We wanted to hear your, your thoughts on, on a baby's first poo. Oh, the meconium, if you will. Yes, there indeed. Oh, there you fucking go. Tell oh, you're us speaking all about my language. It. It's your. Uh, I think it's the only sterile poo you do in your life. Whoa! Are you telling me I should have saved it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funky looking. Wait, though, so isn't could it? you eat it? No, it looks like the bottom of a tar pit. <laughs> I mean, you can eat anything. No, that I, okay. You can swallow, according to Gudion. Yeah, Gudion. What you have? A th- you say that something is edible if you can swallow it. Yes, I'd say that. <laughs> Surely it must be edible if it's sterile. I say everything is edible. It just no, because because ed- edible is not the same as as literally yes. eatable. See, see, see. There, there is like this e fifty dose or something like something like that in pharmacology. Everything is edible. It just depends on in what amount. What is the e fifty dose? You, are you talking about the LD fifty? Yeah, LD fifty. Is that the lethal dose? It's the dose yeah, that the kills uh, half of the subject in an experiment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but it, that, I mean, you can't tell me that like a ball bearing that's made out of metal, you can't tell me that's edible just because you can swallow it. You mean edible means digestible. Well, fiber in your diet isn't digestible. But is it edible? Yeah. It, it is edible. Yeah, it's edible, yeah. Uh Let's just ask Jeeves. Google. Well, whilst you're googling, do you want my do you want my my uh, my meconium anecdote? I've already googled. Thank you very much. Uh, so it's an adjective meaning fit to be eaten. So I guess a ball bearing is not edible. It it depends on. I those. mean, it depends on your attitude, right? F- fit to be eaten is very subjective, and I feel like that's going to change with the times, right? Indeed. As in, like a dog is not fit to be eaten. Yeah, yeah but or if, like if uh, something that kills you or, is that fit to be eaten? Yeah, I mean, what if we, so. what if you could derive some nutrition from it uh, no, as it's, a substitute definition? If it if it kills you, it's still fit to be eaten because you can like if you drink forty liters of water or something in one go, you don't even four. It's four, isn't it? If you drink four liters of water in, in one go, it's going to kill you. But like, you wouldn't say that water is not edible. It also doesn't contain a lot of nutrients. <laughs> Would you describe water yeah. as edible anyway? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Halfway through that sentence, I kind of. <laughs> If it's ice, is it edible? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me more about the goddamn myconium? Yes, I can. So, uh, <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> when I was born, so if you're late, then you sometimes, so as in late coming out, then sometimes you shit out your meconium whilst you're still inside your mum. We heard about that. I I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shit out my meconium and then as I was born, <laughs> 
being born, I was choking on it. So I entered the world what choking the f- on oh shit. <laughs> and then I had to get whisked away from my mother because I was like, I had my, I wasn't blue and it wasn't good. And no, it was dramatic. So yeah, I entered the world choking on shit. So this is tied first place for the worst way to enter the world of all the ways that I've uh, heard about. I think through a vagina in general isn't, I think if you could pick how to enter the world, you wouldn't you wouldn't pick through a vagina. No, my son, he seemed distraught. <laughs> isn't that like a thing? Uh, isn't something in psychology about how the trauma of being born is like a lifelong thing? <laughs> oh, no, that's got to be bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> is it bollocks though? Because it's all it is. It's just neural endings, right? What does that even mean? Well, <laughs> no, but think about it. Think about it. You're chilling hard inside your mom. Yeah. And it's, it must be comfortable yeah. as shit. Nice temperature. Then, you don't even have to breathe. And then before you get, before you have any tools to tackle the real world, you have no, uh, like, no coping mechanisms. Before any of that, you you don't know shit. You're just forced through her and out into some horrible place where you're spanked and you're hungry and shit. That's traumatic. It must be. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, but I mean, you could take the opposite argument, right? I mean, they do have all the tools they need. They don't. They they Human babies are notoriously shit, aren't they? They're the worst because they're born so early because uh, otherwise the mom wouldn't be able to do it because they're just, their heads are too big and yeah, it yeah. just doesn't work. But realistically, they shouldn't, like, I've read this before where the gestation time for a human should be much, much longer. Shouldn't it be around two years or something? It really? should be much, like, much at longer. least like a year and a half, yeah. Anyway, I had a, I had a good story. Uh, the other worst way to be born is through your father's anus <laughs> no, of course but no it's a uh so there's a a horrible horrible documentary that i saw the trailer for once and that was enough for me and i i, I don't feel the need to watch this but it's called orgasmic birth the best kept secret and it's from 2008 it is described as such enter the world of undisturbed birth as 11 couples share their intimate personal journeys facing their fears and moving through pain into the ecstasy of birth mm. So it is these 11, like, hippie sort of something couples that are trying to make birth into this this beautiful, beautiful thing uh, by making the women orgasm during what? childbirth. I mean, this is just anxiety as the big motivator, right? Capitalist motivator. I mean, you can sell something to an anxious, you can sell anything to an anxious mother about to give birth. Yeah, definitely. But this is the what can you ma- like? Fine, Monroe. You came into the world, yeah, choking on your own shit. At least that's like that's private to you. You were in a bit of a pickle. It was there's some, well. There's something kind of nice about it too, though, because I feel like it's it's going to be pretty hard for me to reach uh, a lower point in my life than what I started. It was kind of all up from there, you know. I'm just. <laughs> I, I think it's funny that your uh, parents told my you. Par- this. T- Listen, let me tell my fucking story. <laughs> Yeah, just say it. It's, it's, so I res- I respect the way that you came into the world because at least you yeah. it was just you doing that shit. But imagine like y- your first act coming into this world is just making your mom climax while your dad is like cheering her on. I think it's a beautiful thing. I don't know. You don't. I do. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't I want my mother to orgasm? Why wouldn't I want my mother to orgasm? I would have loved it if my wife orgasmed during the birth. Yeah, because you're the dad. That's irrelevant. Uh, we are thinking from the perspective of your son. Of he my own son. Oh, yeah, okay. He's the one. Yeah. His first act on this world was yeah. making his mom climb. <laughs> I would never tell him. <laughs> but the first of all, I would never, ever tell him. These 11 couples had it documented on video. <laughs> yeah, that was the big mistake. Right? <laughs> Not the orgasm itself. That was... Was you also definitely idea. would tell him at some point, Oli. Like, if, if he's 
pissing you off, pissing you off, and it's like the teenage years. You're having a tough time. You're having a like a shouting argument, and he's winning. And then you just like, you know what? You made your mother climax when you were coming out of her vagina. <laughs> yeah, but then, then if then if she's pissed off at you, she's gonna be like, yeah, that's more than you've ever done, Frank. Oh, they are. They, oh, yeah. they are. My parents are having an argument. Is that no, what's happening? No, no. So I'm saying this. So you are having an argument with your son, and he. And you're like, you made your mom come, and then she doesn't like the way you're talking to him. So she's like, Ole, that, like, at least he ever made me come, Ole. And then they're ganging up against you, and they go run off together to rekindle their love. This is I think okay. the reason you got confused, Ole, was very reasonable because Ragnar, throughout that story, changed your name to Frank initially for <laughs> no good reason. Uh, yeah. I was, just, I was just saying a name, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, yeah. Okay, okay. I think this 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 idea that you have that I would ever have this argument with my wife. Yeah. I don't think that's I don't think it's I think I would we would be divorced before that ever happened. I hope so. I don't think you would really have an argument with your wife cuz she's she's so lovely and Well, I thank you. So no offense to anyone. When I imagine you two having an argument, I imagine her being the victim. <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is a she is soft spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, I do have an ego, so I do believe I'm always right, and I will insist on that when we argue. And I've been known to do that sometimes as well. No, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and no, no way, <laughs> no way. I would be like quite forcefully, maybe making my point, and then sometimes I would get like, you always just talk about like what you, how you feel, and like what, the things from your perspective, and you never like, you never think about my, you know what I'm how saying? How disrespectful of you? Yeah, but. So in in an argument, of course, that's what I'm going to do. Because like, if we're having an argument, I have a problem with you. So I'm going to be criticizing you and claiming to be correct. No. Isn't that how things work? No, it's not how things work. <laughs> it is obvious why you have so many ex-girlfriends. <laughs> well, how is that not? I how? almost never have an issue with my wife and how she acts. That's not what happens. It's an issue with something completely unrelated that we happen to disagree on. Like what you should do about immigration? Not you, but we as a society. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure this is good. No, it's probably not. This is not very good. We should talk about something. Yeah, because else. we basically never argue. Yeah. Also, maybe it's it. It might cause an argument if you went on a podcast and started airing out your dirty laundry. With yeah, then we can wife. do it next time. Yeah. So let's uh, move away from this potentially incredibly inflammatory mm-hmm. topic. Today is. A Monday, which is unusual for us. So our episode, our last episode only came out today and it is the best episode so far. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Have you gotten any immediate feedback? No. From today's episode? Yeah. I did actually. Um, I got, so the word plural, plural, uh, plurality, mm-hmm. which would have was exactly the word I was looking for last time. So last time I was talking, I can't remember exactly what the topic was, but I was talking about whether it be a significant majority or whether it be like almost half or whatever. Anyway, the word plurality, I'm really smashing this out. Plural, plurality. Yes. Yes, exactly. Means the largest segment of a set, but less than 50%. Mm Mm-hmm. So ah. if you have, if you, so if you, you have like, uh, if you're so voting like in, in parliament, for parliament exactly. Yeah. yeah. You might have, it might be a hundred seats and the, but the biggest party is, uh, 40 seats, but that's, that's not a majority, but they do have a plur- plurality. 
Rality. Mm. <laughs> what an excellent word. Yeah. This is, uh... And the guy who told me that word, I had him round for uh, dinner on Friday, and he also did a great impression of you hosting the podcast, Ragnar. It was on point. Maybe I'll get him. Maybe I'll get him to record it, and then we can play it on the podcast next time. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm. Uh, He's not that special. I'm fifteen percent offended, eighty five percent flattered. <laughs> <laughs> and someone else also missed the burp of the week. Yeah, there was no yeah. burp of the podcast last time. There was no burp of the podcast. I don't think I was drinking last time. Do people like the burp? Mm. <laughs> I mean, they mu- it has been like it. It has been said officially on Instagram that there was no burp, and it was the question was posed whether it was a real episode if there's no burp of the podcast. Mm. Oh, it's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. Oh no! Don't try to take this away. No, no, from it's Ragnar's burp. <laughs> it's it's my fucking burp. Monroe, uh, you and I spoke on the phone a couple times this week. Mm-hmm. You mentioned quite an interesting topic that I think we should discuss. Because uh, now we have an extra an extra pair of lips here to discuss, <laughs> which I am currently wetting. All right, hit me up with your with your thought. It's a good one. So, so my my thought was that if you and you alone know that the world is going to end the day after you die, for me that would really change my outlook on life, and I think it would also change how I act in life as well. Even though objectively that fact has no impact on the actual days that I have on Earth, no impact on my time on Earth. Mm-hmm. I would start by not giving a shit about my carbon footprint. That's so true. I, w- I would be back on the meat train, baby. <laughs> Are you off the meat train? Just as a segue? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm well, ish, but I found a nice caveat that allows me to have a barbecue this Friday for my birthday. So uh, Back on the meat train, baby. <laughs> back on the meat train, baby. Um, so deer in the UK have no natural predators, which means you need to cull them. Otherwise... Uh, the tree, the the baby trees don't grow into big trees, and you get no forest regeneration, all this sort of stuff. You don't have to consume their flesh they're, like they're, an animal. They're though. evil. They're evil. Yes, in other words, they're evil. So as long as you eat wild venison, you're golden. So I've got a big uh, delivery of wild venison coming for a barbecue on Friday. Okay. So wild venison is vegan. You heard it here first from Monroe. Is that, <laughs> is that the take home message? <laughs> That's the take home message. <laughs> Okay, so I'm a little bit worried that both of you, Ole and Monroe, you took from this that if the world's going to end the day after you die, then you don't really give a shit about the earth anymore. Yes. Which I guess makes sense, but like, isn't there some, like, isn't the whole point of it meant to be, uh, hmm. so there's a quote uh, that I remember reading that I just Googled. Uh, A society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. I was going to say that. When you asked me the thing, I was, oh, oh, great minds, Ragnar. Great minds. Whatever, man. You can, it's so easy. I come up with these fucking, I come up with these gems every time and it's so easy for you to claim Yeah, but it's so easy to pick a quote that doesn't apply. (laughs) <laughs> there is no one to sit under that tree everybody is going to die so but that's, that's exactly day, right? what he's getting at he's saying that whatever you invest on your time like the idea of of leaving a legacy and trying to leave the world a better place or leave uh, opportunities open to your children that is gone because you know that when you're out when you're out the whole world I'm trying to find something profound about this the fact that the world is ending the day after would it only make you more selfish and less caring about long term consequences I don't think so I think I think if I knew the world was going to end, it would somehow there's there's sort of a feeling that that you have, which like life is infinite. I think we all like 
a, a lot of us live like like life is infinite, even mm-hmm. though we know it's not objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you knew the world was going to end the day after you died, I think that would that would create a sense that the time you have is finite and may even make you spend time doing more stuff that you enjoy and doing like valuing your time and valuing the earth wouldn't more. It, wouldn't it more make you think about the others? Yeah. Why would you start to think I'm going to do more for myself? Why wouldn't you think like everyone should have better than Yeah. But why would this in particular change that? Like surely you should have that point of view already. This is already the case though. I mean, isn't the sun supposed to swallow the earth in about three billion years? Mm. But that's a length of time that we can't comprehend. It doesn't matter. It's functionally the same. It's an X unit of time. Mm. You can just boil it down to a variable and call it a and day. if you want to call this completely different, isn't that just sort of a selfish point of view? Yeah. I mean, then all your ancestors are going to be, I mean, your ancestors are going to be so diffused that you won't even know who anybody is anymore. That's the difference. So it's a bunch of yeah. unknown people dying versus people that you do know dying. Would you, Ole, would you have had a son if you knew that the world was going to end the day after you died? Yes, I think I would. Yeah? Well, because any life must be better than no life. I mean, I, then, I'm, then I, guess, I guess I'm saying something quite Ugh. potentially inflammatory here. Yes. Do you believe that any life is better than no life? That is my belief, but I do respect the fact that people may not agree with me. So I, I know for a fact that Guillaume disagrees with you. Yeah. It's a short break from being dead, yeah. isn't it? I mean... Um, I feel like Guillaume's <laughs> <laughs> got a lot to say here. Guillaume, what, what, what are you thinking? Uh, you don't know if you don't exist. So what? It's it's actually better to not know what it is to be alive than know what it is most people are not alive yeah you're right you're right you're right is that is that true is that true yes are most think about all those little doctors that you shot into a wad of paper no but like what what is the total total human population in history isn't it like more than think think it's it's the majority think how often you could ejaculate in a day that's the amount of children that should could be in the world yeah we're taking all possible children all permutations of the genome and you could have like Triplets in 2019, time. there were 7.7 billion people in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but ever born was 109 billion, just short of. So you guys are. That's only correct. people that ever lived. What about people that never even lived? Yeah. So you're, you're ne- counting them in never most existed. people. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I mean, I mean, we're sort of imagining that people exist somewhere out there and that they sort of manifest when they're born okay as a as a person sort of plucked from the ether and you think that every every individual human is a different entity plucked from the ether or can two different well, yeah, humans sort of, yeah, be yeah, the yeah. same can two All different humans possible be the humans same? do in a sense exist so two different humans wouldn't exist as two different like physical humans wouldn't exist as one like entity in the ether no yes yeah, okay so it's just a, a a set of all possible humans. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Including yeah. people that will never be born? Yes. Or In- as, yeah, especially those. That's the majority <laughs> yeah, 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 of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially those. Yeah, That's yeah. the majority I speak of. Uh-huh. <laughs> people that will literally never yes. be born? And yes. I guess I guess some of those would, would appreciate a small break from not existing. Exist for just a little bit on a cosmic scale, for just a flash in the pan, and then go back to not existing. <laughs> just a flash in the pan. I think there is a... Uh, any sort of experience involved in not existing? I, I see, sort of hope so. See, I, I would, wouldn't mind not existing. I wouldn't mind have never so, existed. But if someone came to you and was going to kill you, would you fight them off? Yes. Why? Because I'm still human. I'm an animal. I want to I have something instinctively I want to survive. I want to live. But 
I don't see the differences never existing. But on the basis that if you'd never existed, you wouldn't know about yeah. it, so you couldn't mind. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I mean. Yeah. This is the argument against assisted suicide. <laughs> let's go there. Um, <laughs> let's go to Switzerland. Let's go to Switzerland. Uh, the fact that all life is better than death, essentially. That's not a very good argument yeah. against... I thought the general... The general issue with assisted suicide is mm-hmm. more that it's just a, a taking a vulnerable person and then opening us opening up a system that where they could potentially be abused um and you could potentially uh, set up a system where people can have their life ended prematurely uh and and it just makes them vulnerable i think that's a good uh point but that's an extremely tempered opinion which i don't think I don't understand that. Either. That opinion is way too. It's not nuanced enough. Yeah, no, your it's too nuanced, or like not, it's too like well thought out for it to be the majority opinion. People wouldn't rally against this sort of thing because of that complicated ethical decision, would they? People you know only I mean? do this because they don't want to go through pain. Go through with assisted suicide. Yeah, you only do it because you do not want to go through pain. Okay, but then anyone who who were to show up and wants to go through this procedure, mm-hmm. by that logic, you should just let them because they don't want to go through pain. There's there's a pretty strict vetting process. If we're talking about, for example, have you seen the documentary uh, produced by Terry Pratchett, the no. author? No, uh, but I know he, his plight. Rest in peace, Terry. He died a few years ago of Alzheimer's. And he yeah. be, shortly before he became uh, non-lucid, Mm. he produced a documentary on assisted suicide in Switzerland mm-hmm. and he had a few people that he followed up with mm-hmm. and I mean they had a very strict vetting process for who was who so they had several psychologist interviews and interviews with doctors and and so forth and it was hard by the end of that I had two feelings come so I watched that maybe 10 years ago and I sort of never forgot it I thought about it I, I used to think about it this documentary every day for a few years mm-hmm. Because it was it was a it was a good thing to see, but it was also extremely disturbing for a young man who basically there was nothing wrong with mm-hmm. me. So these these thoughts were untimely in a way. But um, it was hard to not agree with this mm-hmm. possibility existing. But I mean that was also the point of the documentary. I yeah, actually yeah. have. Have you seen this? No, but like the thought isn't crazy to me. Given the vetting process that they had, it seemed very rational that people could make this, make this decision. And we're all basically, I mean, we're all basically atheists, so we have no qualms in that uh, in that way. No. Not strict atheists, but we're agnostics. Mm-hmm. Where it seems like it. That's like a, a an obvious reason for people to be against it. Um, you know, yeah, I, would, I, would, like I, would, I would also reasons. bet that that's a significant majority of, not a, there's a lot of people that are against it for that reason. A yeah. plurality of people. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I was thinking, but I didn't want to risk pronouncing the word. <laughs> I don't, I think the a significant majority, not plurality, majority of people probably don't have an informed or like don't have a, a formulated opinion on the matter. But all you have to do is ask. You can formulate it. I think people can formulate an opinion on this pretty quick. I think so. But I don't think if you ask someone who's literally never considered this and you just sat them down and were like, do you agree or disagree with this? They would ha- give a like a gut response that really is based on nothing. And what do you think the response would be? Like the I think typical they would response. Disagree. Uh, I, think it would de- I think it would depend a lot on the... I think here in Iceland, they would uh, be for it. In the Vatican, Cultural. they would be against it. I mean, yeah, think, for think, obvious, like, think if you're, di- like if you're diagnosed with like 
ALS. They just say, you live for a few years, you're basically going to suffocate. Mm-hmm. That's, Indeed. That's the end. And that's going to happen in the next two years. I mean, you are allowed to, that's that's kind of the hypocrisy of it, right? You're allowed to refuse medical treatment and like you are allowed to just choose to suffocate to death quicker than you would otherwise, but you're not allowed to ask to be to be killed. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, Monroe, have you had to take, have you had to take an oath as a doctor? Well, I had to do a promise at my graduation, but the, they're irrelevant because, for instance, in the, in the old one, the... The, I don't think it's really used anymore, but it used to say, do no harm. Yeah. But how, how do you perform surgery on someone without harming them? I mean, you have to cut into them and stuff. So so there are there, it's all, you do a promise, but I think le- legally and stuff, the promise is all a bit meaningless and it's all it's all just down to boring yeah, it's legal, a, it's a sort of schmeagle a, stuff. A good faith kind of thing. You're operating in good faith. Yeah. It's like when you tell yeah. someone you love them. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you mean that. That's not just gonna no, be. No, I, I will love you sometimes. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying you. You mean it, but it, like it holds no legal weight. <laughs> like <laughs> that there's, is, yeah, there, are okay. implic- there are implications to it, and you could get in trouble within the realm that it yeah, sort I mean, of pertains I mean, to. Unless it's clearly <laughs> like you're supposed to cut the. You're supposed to cut in the like, I don't know the colon, and you actually cut the heart. That's that means there's something wrong. Something has gone horribly wrong. That sounds like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that sounds like malpractice rather than yeah, yeah. that sounds like a shitty doctor trying to just use a machete to do it. There was actually a, a doctor a in the hands. UK recently who got busted because um, he was signing all of his patients whilst he was doing surgery on them. So he'd, he'd you know whip out whip out their appendix or something and then just give them a signature here and sign their liver there. And eventually, someone was like. Oh, you probably shouldn't be doing that, mate. <laughs> that is so gangster. I thought you were going to bring up the uh, the surgery with, was it a 300% mortality rate? Funny story about that guy. That presumably happened. Yeah, so, Robert so, Liston. Yeah, he was actually a well-known surgeon, if you want to call it a surgeon. Not a very precise surgeon, but a decent surgeon. Yeah. So what happened? So he basically, he saw the leg of a man who later died... Yeah. And in his fury, he also sawed off the hand of his assistant who died of infection from complications and someone at who was who was spectating died of shock. Yeah, an elderly doctor in attendance uh, was standing close and his knife slipped and snagged his coat and he thought the blood was his uh, and he died of a heart attack. This is just a horrible event. Yeah, and he saw, he saw a finger off his assistant. Yeah, that, Where was that, this? This was uh when was this? Oh, uh, Inspector Space Time. <laughs> he was a Scottish surgeon. Thanks a lot, Monroe. Nice. Uh in the 1800s. But that was that was before anesthesia, so like you can Speed was the essence. Speed was the name of the game. <laughs> so you had to be The quick. way you pronounced that made it sound more like anesthesia there. Oh, the uh what's it? I'm sick and tired of always being sick and tired. That singer? Mm, yeah. Man, can you imagine getting surgery without anesthesia Actually, it was basically just hold him down give him vodka <laughs> let's do this speaking of that uh, there was a russian there was a russian doctor uh who removed his own appendix was this the antarctica yeah this motherfucker yeah. leonid rogozov um <clears throat> who got appendicitis in antarctica and there was no one there to do it so he was just like fuck it had some vodka, set up some mirrors, and took out his own appendix. That is pretty baller. That isn't is it? pretty gangster. I can't even. Could you do it, that, Monroe? 
Uh, I'm not even sure I can make the first incision. No, but like, if you had to. Yeah, if you had to. Like, you are, have you, to. are you capable? I mean, no. pe- people don't but recover from acute appendicitis without medical intervention, right? Uh, they, yeah. they, they, you you can. get sepsis. Apparently, you can get like mild appendicitis and be fine. But a yeah, lot but of talking about not, a every, not everyone needs surgery. I'm just whacking some antibiotics and hope for the best, I think. Oh, check you out. But I think um, an interesting fact about uh, why that surgeon had to do that is mm-hmm. that it's easier to get home in an emergency from the International Space Station than it is to get someone out of Antarctica in winter. Mm. So this, he, his hand was forced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and apparently there were severe blizzards at the time, so... Yeah, it was, was also fucked. very cold. <laughs> yeah. But could you remove my appendix? Oh, there you go! Burp of the podcast, Burp boys. of the podcast. Like, so this is this is a fun fact about um, doctors, uh, which I feel like a lot of people are unaware of. Unlike nurses and midwives and dentists, who all come out of their training very competent at the job they have to do, Doctors come out of medicine completely incompetent, like to a remarkable degree. I can do none of what you're talking about uh, right now. Nice. Oh, that is so disappointing. And that's not because I'm that's not because I'm an exceptionally bad student, even though you could argue that I am because I'd research. But um, <laughs> shout out to all of Monroe's future patients. <laughs> um, but like, or just uh, just all doctors come out of med school just incredibly incompetent would you say that gps are just advanced googling machines gps much like teachers being a gp is a very difficult job to do well but an easy job to do badly and cruise by on if you just were that way inclined so like every job or oh, you uh, cr- well no because you can't cruise by my parents are actually a gp and a teacher really yeah. okay. well they, they? they could either be wonderfully competent or incredibly shit at the job your dad i assume he's competent because he's a very high-ranking doctor is your mom a uh you incompetent rank i don't know there's the official d- doctor rankings mm. ah those yes of course. i forgot about those <laughs> <laughs> and the uh is your mom a uh, a competent teacher Yes, of course. Does she listen to the podcast? No. <laughs> so you Is that because you haven't truth. told her about the podcast? I, yes, I have told her. She, she's a really good teacher. Wait, what does she teach? Uh, Icelandic. Oh, so she... Wait, she's not a doctor? <laughs> no. I thought she was a doctor. No. His dad's a doctor. Oh, his dad. But his mom and dad are two separate people. Indeed. Plucked from the ether separately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so Monroe, being a good GP, good GP is hard. Being a bad GP is easy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I believe this because I actually seen... agree that it it's, uh, makes and sense. Whereas, like, so say say you're a surgeon, being a bad surgeon is more difficult because you just always have people around you. There's just uh, there are far more objective outcomes that you can measure with regards to surgery and stuff. Like, it's it's just more it's more difficult to get away with that. Yeah, whereas uh, in the GP y- setting, you're more being monitored in surgery. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, whereas in a GP setting, that's uh, like you're much more isolated and on your own, which is one of the reasons why doing it well is incredibly difficult. Um, but also another reason why, if if I, I reckon you could cruise by being a bad GP. I think the hardest part of being a GP, uh, you know, not being a GP myself, but <laughs> I think that... I, <laughs> Having I, no experience I, on the matter, but... <laughs> what I would think the hardest thing is is that uh, like 90 whatever percent of the people that come to him uh, have the obvious condition that's wrong with them. Yeah, they have, they have a headache. But the <laughs> uh, probably a majority of the people that come in with like a more complicated and like bad affliction present in very similar ways to the people that come in with the very common stuff. Yeah. So like 
truly being able to pick out the people that are actually sick with something like important and bad and different that must be super hard because it must be like no they're it, like it, oh i think you might have a cancer you're gonna go i'm gonna send you there Okay, but they can't. They can't just refer everybody because they might have cancer. They no, still need to they, they do refer more. You mean the the, the the thing about screening people just with your eyes is pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah they they are a filter, and job. they have to be a good filter. That's the job. Why are you yeah, angry? Still, I, <laughs> I'm really angry. No, I'm not angry. Just, uh, sorry. I I think Ragnar hit the nail on the head. I think that that is an idea of being a GP that that terrifies me because you you get a hundred people coming through and. They're like they say all of them come in with a headache, and then you one of them either, has a fucking brain tumor. But all of yeah, them think yeah. they have a brain tumor. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That also sort of confounds the issue and the issue, and they also face tremendous pressure to cut costs and not refer anybody yeah. who doesn't need to. I, I mean, think that's so. what you often hear. They don't want to order imaging or blah 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 because it costs too much money. It makes the job even more difficult. Even if they want to refer everybody to a an MRI on their head, they can't. In a way, they can, but they just. There's no reason to send everyone. I mean, they can't because if they sent everybody, then I mean, MRIs are already like fully booked here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if they sent more people, then they would just be. You can't. You got to be. Are we uh, ready for a silly topic? No, no, no. I think we are. Yeah. What's What's your silly topic of the day, Monroe? So there's a silly topic, and I've been I've been wanting to bring this up for a while. Mm-hmm. Stand up versus sit down wiping. What What are people's? I've got pretty strong views on this, which have changed a lot. So, so. this this is a, an incredible topic you brought up because this is incredibly appropriate. Uh, years ago, I found there was I haven't found it since, but there was a, a toilet uh, toilet survey on the internet, and it was incredibly detailed, and it had so many people that it had like tens of thousands of replies. So you would like. At that point, even though it's like a silly thing and you expect people to say random bullshit, once you have like tens of thousands of replies, things are going to average out, right? And you're going to get... And this is where these sorts of things truly hit home. And this was my first encounter with the fact that some people fucking wipe their ass standing up. Yeah, how do you stand up? I mean, how is that possible? And not only is it some people, but it's roughly 50% of people. What? What do you mean by standing up? Do you stand? You're currently talking to a recovered stand-up wiper. And how did you realize the error of your ways? Well, I shattered both my heel bones and spent three months in a wheelchair. So I was forced uh, to sit down. Yeah. Oh, that's... And it changed my life for so, the better. Oh. How did you stand up without your ass cheeks closing around your anus? I mean, you, they call it standing, but you're squatting, right? Isn't it just well, people with well, poor mobility? <laughs> no, you're pretty much standing. I think you're you're... Three quarters of the way vertical, I would say. Okay, so you just sort of shove your hand between your cheeks? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Why? I mean, it's that not pretty. That just seems like and smear city. Yeah. yeah well, th- honestly, uh, you're talking to a recovered stand-up wiper. Like, There's a reason I've not gone back to it. Did you Why see did you a net reduction in the use of toilet paper? Yeah, noticeably. Why did you start doing this? I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's not often that I'm wiping in front of other people. And it's not often I'm watching other people wipe. So when you're much like being a GP, you're isolated without the support of over, an oversight. I guess of your that friends. is a good point. You don't really get much sort of feedback. That's untrue. No. You do get. You are taught this initially because in the beginning you, you don't. Know, you wipe have the your body of a child when you're taught this. That's and then true. Your body but yeah. changes. I, I assume your parents wiped your ass when you were a, a, a mm-hmm. st- first starting to shit in a toilet. And I would like to take this moment to thank them for that. And Un- do you remember, do you have any recollection of that happening? None. Oh, because I do. I remember. And I, because I was. Really? Yeah. I was sitting down for those 
good. This happened to events. me earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Let's get that story then. But you had to face a scrutiny? No, I was wiped. He was wiped. Another person today. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to give context to that? Because I feel like it, it needs a bit of context. I can't do it myself. Yeah. Okay. So, you, I mean, you are, I assume you don't stand up for that. No, I don't stand up for that. I, I, I mean, mean, surely that must be the best way to wipe. It's just to have somebody else do it. Absolutely. How many people in the survey answered, somebody else does it for me? I don't think it was <laughs> yeah, an that, That's, that's kind of baller, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't wiped my own ass in five years. Which is I won the lottery. Is that if you had infinite money, would you yes. would you pay yes. for that? Yes. I, I don't infinite there was a, money. There was a king that infamously had one, wasn't there? Was there? Yeah. I don't think I would personally pay for that service. I think I'd rather just I would just have a blind it. man do it. Honestly, if Whom I keep in a cage. I oh my god. I would just want I want to be hosed down. I don't yeah. want paper. Because yeah. you, if you got shit anywhere else on your body, you wouldn't just wipe it off with paper and call it a day. That's true. That's insane. But this is a, you know, this is a dirty area, and it doesn't really have to be as clean as the rest. It really only does this one thing. <laughs> I mean, well, the 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 other disgusting thing about wiping our butts is that we wipe them. I, a lot of other places in the world, they clean their butts after they shit, which seems entirely reasonable. Yeah. And yeah. then we and just, you know, when you experience it, you actually do love it. Yeah. I, I Japan. truly want a bidet. I want that lifestyle. Yeah. Cause you, I, oh, I actually looked into this and you can get little ones that attach to your toilet. So it's not too much of an investment. I just don't believe that that like, surely that's going to go everywhere. No, not yeah. if you're sitting on the toilet. I mean, I don't. <laughs> you make a good point there. I, I don't think sitting I, on a bowl. I don't completely like close the hole with my mass. No, but I mean, how, how much force do you think the water needs to come out with? A lot. Not a lot. It's not that much. Not. It can't just be like dribbling. No, no, it's not dribbling, but it's somewhere in between. It's a it, sort of steady flow of water. I want like imagine you're power washing a house. I want that scaled down to my <laughs> anus. Yeah. So, oh. so you essentially want the same thing I want, but you had a much com more complicated way of explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but so it's a steady stream of preferably warm water, but also cold can be refreshing, and uh, you use your other your your other hand to help. So you, oh, don't so, really, you, so you you don't actually power wash your ass. Oh, interesting. Whoa. I this blew my mind. I thought you power washed your no. ass. No, no, no. It's not a hands-free affair. Okay, so your hands—that's cool. I'm I'm down. You with use that. your other hand. I mean, that's why they you you always shake somebody's hand with your right hand, right? Because the left one is there's all sorts I, of conflict. The dirty, the dirty, the dirty hand, the disgusting hand. It's in like in the India. Forbidden hand. In India, you eat with your right hand, but you don't eat with your left hand because the for left this, hand is the forbidden. Yeah, that's the for this particular hand. reason. Yeah, yeah. for the the diseased hand. Absolutely. Shit, I want a bidet, bad because I have. You know, you can make you can make your dreams come true. You're an independent man. Who Absolutely. owns his own home, mm. and you can just install a bidet. Just do it. I dare you. Oh, the other right. before next Monday, of- before the next episode, you will tell us about your new bidet. I'm gonna look yes. into. it. I'm gonna see if it's not. Just have it installed. It can't be that expensive. Come on. I'm, yeah. You've been talking about this for ten years, ever since I knew you. Because <laughs> I have a sensitive anus. You do. We can talk about that later. One of the most sensitive anuses I've ever encountered. <laughs> <laughs> The other feature of a bidet, which I've only read about, so I don't know if you experienced this in Japan, Ole, but you get, so I'm a, a surprisingly shy pooer, I would say. I don't enjoy if other people can hear me whilst I poop. No, no I mean, and yeah, I, in, I understand that. In Japan, there's apparently a button on some of the toilets 
that you press, which makes the flushing noise without actually flushing the toilet. So this so is the continuous flushing pre- noise. So then, yeah. And then, so if you're in a public toilet, you just press this button and then people can't hear you poop. And it just, yeah, helps you relax. Do you guys? hemorrhoids. Yeah. Everything's better. Yeah. So you, Monroe, you farted on Mel on your first date. Maybe. <laughs> so I assume, <laughs> I assume you've never done this, but I, I was going to ask, uh, do you guys ever like, or have you ever run the water whilst taking shit so that your significant other doesn't hear? I usually run the water when I take a shit. You do? Yes. Do you actually? Yes. I just find it very la- relaxing. Okay, but is it, yeah, would yeah. you do it home alone? I have done it when mm. I'm home alone. Oh, I just find it very relaxing. It's like a white noise. Okay, I, so it's not uh, it's not to yeah because to I mean what am I I mean because you're in the bathroom and it's you know presumably just tiled and the door is closed and all you can hear is your own echo of yourself moaning. Do you moan? I, like, I, I, I moan. I don't know. I, sometimes I moan. Oh my god! <laughs> I have moaned. I never moan. No, okay, but it's not. A, it's it's a grunt. I guess it's a more. Um, it's yeah. a more accurate term. It's not a loud grunt, but I mean, you're supposed to build up some abdominal pressure. It's to like get a this thing out. Is it like this? You have to. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> and I prefer not to hear that echo back at me. It's, I find it perverted. Okay, so it has nothing to do with your wife. No, not really. No. So it's, actually, it's because you get shy by yourself. Yeah, it's because I'm just so incredibly anxious. <laughs> I I have no problem if I'm on my own. I. Yeah, like there you, are times. Do you shit with the door open when you're home alone, or do you close it? Um, it's complicated where I am at now because uh, there's a window that you can like. I could almost be seen from the outside uh, by my neighbors if I had the door open. If they knew where they, yeah, if you had they to know could, where to look, but you yeah, could. They could, yeah. So that I like, I won't close the door, but I'll. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be wary. But if if I were home alone and uh, no one would be around, then yeah, I'd have the door open. What about in the dark? Oof. If it's nighttime, I'll do it in the dark, yeah. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't put the light on? No. No, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to. I'm not an idiot. Interesting. <laughs> I can handle sitting on the toilet. Also, uh, if it's nighttime... Actually, no, let's just... I'm going to break down another fucking piece of stigma. I will pee sitting down. Yeah, I will too. Because, yeah. oh, I've got especially when I got a little bit older well. and I have to clean the bathroom. Yeah, but I'll, like... Regardless How messy? Of, or just aim for it. I'm no, not, no, no, no. It's not... You can't... Th- have you ever looked... If you go on YouTube and you see peeing infrared camera or, you know, heat sensitive camera, you will see a man peeing directly into the water, illuminating the water because it's hotter. And you will see that there is piss everywhere. Yeah. Even though he has perfect aim. Yeah. Mm. So Yeah, that's probably true. I can see that being true. But also just... It's brown also, also, I just miss sometimes as well, to be fair. But independently of this, like, I do, like I'm... I'm going to the bathroom to have, like, to finally get some goddamn peace and quiet and to chill. Why would I stand? And also with your anus, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, confronting you. Know, <laughs> the, confronting your anus needs horrible. to come up, you but need, I, feel it, yeah. I feel like it needs, like, a full episode in itself to discuss yeah. that. I would have to take a yeah. muscle relaxant if I was you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> bro, I, I don't want to talk also, about Also, all this. this talk of pee is making me need to pee, so we should wrap this up. Mm. Okay, fine. Uh, do you have, does any, Ole, do you have a skill for us? skill to teach the world this is your opportunity oh like one of those like the banana skill yeah mm. for example yes mm-hmm. i i have a skill if okay. always honestly gonna, monroe i have writer's block monroe i want to ban you from from presenting skills after last week this one is good and everyone's gonna everyone already knows this this skill though okay, but it's just get, uh, I, thought what, the, I thought the five-year-old skill thing was really actually quite useful because yeah. I tried it on my son, and he's seven months old, and he couldn't do it. Okay, but he's nowhere near yeah, five. Nice. Try it on, so try he's, it on a, he's definitely not five yet. Yeah, but try it. All right, Ole. Try over it when the he's four. 
every month can you do this with your son and we can watch his arm so like go to touch his ear until he's five that's a lot that's a quite a commitment yeah that's, that's so <laughs> many months i am going to forget how many months in five years like 40 <laughs> it's 40 at least it's at least 40 <laughs> we can agree at least 40 it's at least 40. so this Nobody skill, knows so, i mean it could be a okay monroe monroe i'm gonna uh we're gonna make a gentleman's, so had, gentleman's uh, agreement gentleman's agreement yeah if this skill is as fucking horrible as last last week's yeah. then you don't get to present a skill for five episodes okay done okay cool. i'm happy with that because this is a good skill okay i had a uh dinner party on friday and the entrance fee was that you had to bring a bottle of prosecco with you mm-hmm. and then we all went into the park and we did this skill with them where you take the knife and you snap off the topple of the of the champagne bottle and then it pops and it goes everywhere and it's sick and everyone should try it and it's dead easy you take the knife yeah. and then you or you take the bottle and then you strip off all the labeling and you strip off the little metal cage yeah. and then you find the seam on the bottle and then the you take the, the bottle on what? the neck of the bottle what, yes. what seam at the top it's just a seam where, where the where the glass comes together that runs the length of the bottle mm-hmm. it's you like a little ridge the bl- at the top no no sorry so that's the neck of the bottle i'm talking about a seam that runs the length of the bottle oh so like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the uh, line yeah. that would give the bottle a wedgie yeah okay you then take the blunt end of the knife mm-hmm. and you run it along that seam very forcefully and you aim for the net the little brim that's at the neck of the bottle and then you and you aim like the thing in your mind that you have to think about is not hitting it but going through it, and then it will snap off that whole rim of glass and have quite a clean break with the cork inside it, and that'll go. And then you'll have an open bottle of prosecco or champagne. So this is this is if you want to be able to reseal the bottle, then you shouldn't do this. I mean, you should. Uh, so why do you have to run it along the, the seam? I don't get that. I don't know either. Actually, I was I was thinking about that as I was saying it, and maybe that bit's bollocks. But that's just how I was taught to do it, and I've always done it that and way. Can you do this without fail? Do you have a 100% uh, so success rate? I, I've had multiple tries on one bottle sometimes, but I've always got it in two or three shots. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't have a 100% success rate. No, I, I, I'd say that's technically 100%. But if you were yeah, if that. you were a waiter, a flamboyant waiter at a touristy restaurant, that's not a good enough track record. I would leave. <laughs> no, but I think... <laughs> like, if, I hate flamboyant got- waiters. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing grinds my gears like a flamboyant waiter who just will not... Leave me alone. Yeah, especially at this. I already like, read the menu. You don't have to explain anything to me. This is like a restaurant that's uh, it's close to the sea somewhere. Uh, you don't Maybe really in Italy. Yeah, somewhere like that. The guy, he, you were asked to come into the restaurant outside. The guy was trying to get you in. You know, basically what I mean? hands me a menu as I'm walking by and asks me to sit down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he asked you if you're hungry and all this fucking yeah. shit. Yeah, he's a flamboyant man in there. So far, all he's doing is trying to enthusiastically no. get your business by no. giving you extra attention and simultaneously allowing him to run a successful local I business. Think, no, I yeah, but I guess it. being a waiter is more difficult than I'm giving it credit because you have to be able to read your customers. I, for example, don't want to talk to my waiter at all. I would. I, I want to. <laughs> I want to ask them. I want to give them directions about what I want to eat, and then I want to ask them for a bill. The dream for you is those automatic stations in McDonald's that yeah. you just go in. No, but I also like robot, to be served. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So he, Ole, you're such a princess. Yeah. Jeez. He wants. He wants to be superior. No, but it's also great for them because I don't because I I don't waste any of their time. 
They could serve well, if everybody at the restaurant was like me. They could serve a thousand people at yeah, the same time. Yeah, but that's time. not the dream as a waiter. The dream as a waiter is not to serve a thousand people. It's to I guess that not is true. hate your job. I, I like to talk to the waiter in a nice restaurant. There's nothing better than flirting with a va- with a waitress. But if the restaurant is super nice, like a three Michelin star restaurant, then you yeah, shouldn't that, talk to the waiter. Then you want. Yes. There's like ten that's waiters waiting I mean. around your table. There's yeah. nothing better than like a like a non-serious flirt with your waiter or waitress. Like a you know what I mean. Like yeah, nothing's ever going to come of this, but we're still like, there's a bit of banter and there's a little bit of charge regardless of our genders or sexualities. Mm-hmm. Like you know I'll swipe I mean? right later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. We're like, you know, in another world, we could be like that kind of <laughs> feel. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I never would. It's not that I, this is not coming from a place of disrespect towards waiters just because I don't want the attention. You just sound I like don't an deserve asshole. it. <laughs> yeah, you do sound like an asshole. You do sound like an asshole. Yeah, but that's the thing uh, about people who don't want any attention. They always sound like assholes. Yeah. I, I think, think I hate... Classically, people who want attention come across as assholes. That too. Uh, that too, yeah. I hate, though, I hate uh, overt enthusiasm in public. Uh, yeah, that's what that is. That's yeah, the whole point. I hate that shit. Like, uh, like, like non, I, have a, I have a really hard time... Enthusiasm. Yeah, I have a really hard time connecting with it. Like, I had a math teacher who was like... He was always super psyched about shit, and it just, I can't. I cannot get on board with that kind of behavior. On a scale of one to even, you can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I have, a, I have such a hard time with people who are, like, super psyched about shit, and I just can't. I'm a, a Marty little fuck, except when I'm, when I'm having one of my manic episodes. <laughs> yeah, but this is a function of where you are on the openness scale. I am not, well, no, openness scale. Like uh, a sociability kind of scale, because I am yeah. quite open to new experiences. But you're not very thing. agreeable. I guess I am not agreeable. <laughs> I mean, it also takes a while to realize that that is the case. It took me a while to realize that I wasn't actually very agreeable. I was trying to be. Yeah. So what causes my, not hatred of waiters, <laughs> but rather <laughs> to lack of back. enthusiasm towards waiter. Your lack of enthusiasm towards waiter enthusiasm. Indeed. But I thought there was a more elegant way to, to the, put their that flamboyance. Into words. Yeah, so I do not appreciate their flamboyance because I do believe it is not genuine. They don't know me. They don't know what I want. <laughs> I mean, it isn't. It isn't. I don't know genuine. how I feel. But sometimes it is genuine, and I still hate it. Like yeah, my I still mouth hate it, But I can't even. I mean, because I I'm just so messed up that I don't even know the difference. I mean, I think everybody's <laughs> making fun of me. Always. I think you need to give some money to a charity for waiters after all the abuse that you've uh, what are you talking about I am the best best customer you can ever ask for (laughs) hello I would like this pizza please do not contact me again until I've requested a bill (laughs) and I will be extremely happy Uh, speaking of extremely happy uh, how long has it been since you presented the skill that was supposed to come at the end of the podcast about a million years. About a million years. The last years. ice age has passed. Oh shit! Uh, that was a dumb comment. The last ice, the last ice. No, the last ice age hasn't actually passed. We're still technically in it, aren't we? Because there's still permanent ice from that era in Antarctica. Is that how it goes? But I is, think so. is it all the ice supposed to melt? All of it? I think I I think that might be the. the so definition someone of can the Google that. I'm, I'm googling it. When does an ice age end? It says I, I, a long I, period I, of reduction in the temperature of the Earth's surface and atmosphere. So, I wouldn't say we live in an ice age, Monroe. I no. think that's being okay. a little bit that obtuse. Was, I thought there was a a fun technicality fact that I knew there, but it turns out... I've heard like this before, up. so maybe it's true. But anyway, it was a while ago that the skill was, so should we, we should wrap things up. Mm-hmm. We should wrap things up on an ice age fact. Are we in an ice age, I ask Google? Uh, IceAgeNow.info says, make no mistake, we are in an ice age oh right my now. God. So uh, yes! get, out your, get out your igloos, it's 
gonna be a cold winter. Um, uh, Ole, do you have any parting words for our guests? I encourage you all to have children. Oh, wow. God damn it. Uh, Gudjon, any parting words? No. No? <laughs> la, la, uh, la, life's not worth it. In a positive way. It's not, it's not depressing. It's life doesn't have to be worth it. Yeah, life doesn't have to be worth it. That's better. <laughs> it's just a, a slog forced on you by your mom. Yeah. Uh, Monroe, do you have any parting words? I implore you all to have less children. Oh. And as always, keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, folks. You're feeling low. In need of a bro. There's one thing that makes your heart start to glow. Calling the road. Calling Monroe, calling Monroe, calling Monroe, I'm calling Monroe.